Hi, I am Julie Carney, Vice President of Communications Regulatory Affairs and Policy at Twilio. Shaken goes right to the heart of deterring robocalls. I'm Catherine Speglia, and this is Well Technically, the tech podcast where women do the explaining. Hi, Julie. Thanks so much for being on the show. Hey, Catherine. It's great to be here. So we'll be talking about some cybersecurity stuff which is great because it's an area I'm still a bit iffy on, so I do have questions for you. But first, (laughs) first, what's an example of a time in which being a woman has empowered you? So I love the question. And I would say for me, there's really no specific example, but rather a lifetime of embracing being a woman. From a young age, I was taught that being a woman or a girl at the time was a superpower and that I could do anything and be anything that I wanted to be. And yes, I was the high schooler (laughs) in the 1980s wearing my ERA yes pin on my jean jacket. And uh, I think my sense of being strong and owning being myself in whatever environment carried into my years at Mount Holyoke College, which is a woman's college, one of the seven sisters. And there being a woman uh, was celebrated and we were empowered to be ourselves. So I'm a mom of a teenager now, and I believe it's my duty to show her that women of all ages have superpowers. Some are born with them, some some grow into them. And I don't take for granted that I was lucky enough to have strong women, women influencing me from a young age. And I've made it my life's mission to empower other women and to carry others along in my professional and personal life. So as a woman, I think we all need to stand proud and lean on each other and build each other up. Thank you for that answer. It really focused on a lot of the things I was thinking about when I came up with that question. Yes, being a woman can be challenging, particularly in tech, but just kind of in life. But there are so many times where I actually feel really awesome because I'm a woman. And that's sort of what I was trying to get at with that question. So I I like that you were able to kind of pull my thinking out of it. So So let's start with the TRACED Act, which I have not really heard of. So what is it? And talk to me a little bit about the company's support of it. Sure. The TRACED Act starts with this idea or rather this fact that everybody hates unwanted robocalls. And I say unwanted because in reality, there are a lot of instances where you get a robocall when you want it and it's helpful. So if you're a parent and the school calls to tell you that classes are canceled or during the pandemic, we got a lot of things giving us status updates or the pharmacy calls and tells you that a prescription's ready, or the airline calls to say your flight has been delayed yet again, to name a few. So those are those are robocalls you want, but for every good robocall example, there are many, many examples of bad robocalls. And you know what I'm talking about because <laughs> you are a victim as well. So at the core of this is that um, communications have to be meaningful and effective 
and for consumers to have trust in a company is of utmost importance. Companies, nonprofits, government agencies. So ensuring the consumers are getting the communications they want, the com communications they need, uh, is something where all players in the telecom industry, phone companies, service providers, apps and platforms, they all have to work together. And I'm proud to say that Twilio is right in the mix. So a good start to working together on making the trace stack come to light has been the coordination of communications industry stakeholders to develop and implement something called the Stir Shaken Protocol. And the value of Stir Shaken can't be overstated. It goes right to the heart of deterring robocalls. So if you can defeat harmful spoofing, which is the intent of Stir Shaken, you can remove at least or greatly deter uh, spoofing in telecom. So a couple uh, trade associations in the US, ADIS, the Alliance for Telecommunications Industry Solutions, Twilio serves on the board. They've been working hard with voice providers to implement the stir shaken protocol throughout 2019 and 2020. In addition, Twilio collaborates with carriers directly through and through US Telecom, that's an industry association, through their trace back efforts where many sectors from the communications industry actively trace and identify the source of illegal robocalls, helping to prevent legal robocalls right from the start. So it leads me to the fact that all of this successful work was possible because of that major step forward taken by Congress with the passage of the TRACE Act. Trace Act, which is the Telephone Robocall Abuse Criminal Enforcement and Deterrence Act, where Congress gave the FCC new tools to fight unwanted and often illegal robocalls. Um, that was a top consumer complaint reported to the FCC annually. So the bill mandates that carriers use this stir shaken protocol for call authentication or IP networks and some similar call authentication framework for non-IP internet protocol networks within 18 months after enactment of that bill. So um, it requires telephone carriers to verify calls and allow robocalls to be blocked in a consistent, transparent way, all at no extra charge to consumers. And it also gives the FCC law enforcement ability to quickly go after scammers. And this is just the best news ever. And I would say for my own purposes, the number of robocalls, unwanted robocalls has dropped considerably. You are correct that I am a victim of this. And I've noticed that they now do this very sneaky, smart thing where the robocalls now come from area codes where I've lived previously. Right. Which that seemed like a newer development over the past few years, I like where I went to college, where, you know, I'm from, yeah. it's very clever. There's so much information out there. And I think that's, you know, we leave cookie crumbs wherever we go. Yeah, so it's great that the FCC and the government is tackling this, but is there anything like the average person can do to kind of make sure that these little breadcrumbs you mentioned are minimized? Yeah, and I think it's important, again, know who you're working with, know who, know what you're signing up for. And I think, again, I'll, I'll go back to Twilio and the 
all of the measures we're taking to ensure that you're getting trusted communications. It's, there's a lot of awareness you really consumers need to have when they're engaging in electronic commerce that you really want to engage with trusted parties. And I think it's important for companies to keep building their networks that allow consumers to have those communications that they want. You mentioned stir, shake, and implementation, which I keep seeing everywhere. And I know you described it a little bit, but what more can you tell me about this? Yeah, so it's stir shaken is a protocol mandated by the FCC to combat the rise in unwanted robocalls and unlawful caller ID spoofing. So when it's adopted, carriers can present a trust indicator like a caller verified, I made quotes, (laughs) to recipients' phones. So I've seen that with calls that come through. So it enables phone companies to verify um, let me tell you, I'm going to give you the acronym because it's, there's an acronym. STIR stands for Secure Telephone Identity Revisited. And SHAKEN is a little um, signature-based handling of asserted information using tokens. And actually the KENS is the part of SHAKEN. Um, and they're developed by two standards groups in the U.S., Addison IETF. So fraudsters that illegally spoof caller IDs, they won't be trusted in the STIR-SHAKEN ecosystem. So if it abuses STIR-SHAKEN, they'll be held accountable with near instant traceback by regulatory groups and law enforcement. So basically, if you try to get around STIR-SHAKEN, it's not going to work. Everything has to be an acronym. <laughs> no, exactly. I remember looking, what is Stir Shaken? And um, give people credit for coming up with it. <laughs> it yeah, definitely it's, sticks with you. It's a fun one. It is a fun one. I will say that. <laughs> so shifting the conversation a little bit, what are some of the digital engagement trends that Twilio has been keeping its eye on, especially considering you know this past year and a half has been kind of uniquely challenging for the industry? You mean the year and a half we've all been working from our home offices or home couches? <laughs> um, I love the question. And in person, I'd say trend number one, in-person interactions, as you and I are so well aware, have moved online at the speed of light in response to the COVID-19 pandemic. I was in the office one day and the next day I was um, making um, a clutchy little standing desk. Um, but every every organization at the beginning of the pandemic raced to build new ways to engage customers, communities, and constituents. Digital engagement didn't just keep organizations afloat, but more digital touch points are giving organizations better insight into customers and leading to higher customer satisfaction. And um, businesses actually have no intention of going back. So I feel like it It opened a lot of doors to customer engagement because of our online communication. And so I think we've only gotten better and we'll just keep building. Um, Do you want me to keep going with my trends? Because I got a a bunch. Mm -hmm. So as you know, 2020 changed a lot of things, including what modern work looks like. So at one point during 2020, the year we'd all like to forget, more than half of the global workers, the global workforce was working remotely. And that was, of course, enabled by digital communications tools replacing in-person interactions. So 
a lot of offices will never go back to full-time in-person in the office work. And more businesses announce flexible remote work policies every day. Um, trend number three, healthcare providers embraced lots of multi-channel to, uh, tools to deliver care virtually. I personally benefited from the virtual healthcare possibilities out here in California. My doctors were able to meet me by video. Banks leaned into customer-facing digital services using mobile apps and messaging and chatbots. Uh, chat I have a lot of friends who bought homes <laughs> during the pandemic, just filling out paperwork online, and the next thing they knew, they had a home. Um, governments used communication software to build contact tracing solutions, as you know, to keep residents safe. Courts held hearings by video conference. My brother is an attorney, um, and he had many of his cases virtually until they were able to get the courts back open. And then trend four, video adoption showed us that um, video isn't a one-for-one -one replacement of in-person. Um, just because it can be used that way doesn't mean it should be. And the best video experiences are created when they're created as a way to enhance in-person interactions and not replace them. Um, I have one more trend if we have time. Um, the pandemic clarified the advantages of building solutions internally and iterating quickly as needs change, especially for the enterprises that were hesitant to build an online presence in the past. In the, in the past. Mm -hmm. So um, I'd say a lot of organizations faced with the crisis turned to developers to create digital solutions and leaders at every every level recognized how crucial developer teams are to their business success. And I'd say that's largely what Twilio was built on is giving um, developers an opportunity to innovate and create. And here we are today. Yeah, it's been pretty crazy and hard to imagine that we're possibly uh, near the end of it, but but we'll see. <laughs> I know. How was Twilio involved in some of the COVID response more specifically? So Twilio got an expedited HIPAA certification in March of 2020, became a go-to choice for much of the healthcare industry and began offering its video platforms for free to organizations dealing with COVID-19 restrictions. So I'm really proud of that. One billion people will receive COVID-19 communications powered by Twilio in 2021 and 2022. More than 450 health systems, local, state, and federal agencies, and educational institutions, NGOs, and nonprofits have built COVID vaccine-related programs based on Twilio's platform. So we've seen usage in more than 180 countries representing 97% of the global population for COVID-19 responsive initiatives. I'm just really proud of this because uh, to be a part of a company that's enabling a safer, healthier world is really important. And it just builds on my own personal belief that there's a corporate humanity and responsibility and Tolio has really led the way with that. Um, in Pittsburgh, Last year, we built a 311 call center, set it up in less than a week. That call center receives 80,000 plus calls per year, but this was as core cities and localities were shutting down for in-person 
communication. So really, really happy that people in Pittsburgh were able to reach their 311 with agents who were at home or working remotely and continuing the services that people rely on. So um, moving forward, nearly every in-person interaction will have a digital element. This is broadly. And the pandemic, as we know, define this, I'm going to do air quotes, our new normal. And end users will continue to expect improved digital interactions going forward. Very cool. Although I must say I am looking forward to doing podcasts that don't at some point talk about COVID. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. And I look forward to being somewhere local with you, having a nice cup of coffee or drink of our choice. <laughs> I know. Hopefully. Saying, remember that. <laughs> well, Julie, those are all of the questions I had for you. So thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And thank you for welcoming Twilio to your podcast. Well Technically is an Arden Media production. For advertising inquiries, contact Danny Miller at dmiller at ardenmedia.com.